If you are able, would you stand for the reading of God's Word? One verse today from the fifth chapter of the Gospel of St. Matthew, and it is verse 7. Blessed are the merciful, for they shall receive mercy. Bless, O Lord, every heart here today with the hearing, the understanding, and the receiving of this, your word, and the incorporating of it into our life. This we ask in Jesus' name. Amen. I knew uh, many of the people that are here now that were here before. Most of them were children. And uh, I used to worry about some of them. Uh, Brian Page in particular. <laughs> Martha Cobb was his Sunday school teacher, and I know she, she pounded on all of you kids to be able to quote a scripture verse, and uh, Brian always quoted the same one every Sunday. She talked to me about that once. Shortest verse in the Bible, Jesus wept. <laughs> he might have been studying a lot of things then as a boy, but I don't think he was studying his Sunday school lessons. But Brian, you're a great godly man and an inspiration to us all. The Lord does work miracles, doesn't he? Certainly everyone that knew me when I was young would, would tell you that the Lord works miracles. Today's sermon's title is probably the shortest sermon title you've ever read in a bulletin, perhaps. It's two words, and they're capitalized. As we... Today we just participated in one of the most dangerous things that believers ever do. And it is dangerous because it has in it the words, as we. Forgive us our trespasses, or as the... Presbyterians say our debts, and as some say our sins, whatever. It is those things that we have done that we ought not to have done, that we have done in disobedience to God. And naturally, we all want to be forgiven of our sins, don't we? If you know what sins will cost you, you will want to be forgiven of them. And it's very seldom that Jesus speaks in conditionals. But today's passage is a conditional. Today's passage from the Beatitudes is, Blessed are the merciful, for they 
shall obtain mercy. Forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. You know, we pass over that, don't we, quickly. You know, it, it becomes, the Lord's Prayer can become a thing that we simply do by rote and we don't reflect on it when we pray it. But we are telling something to God every time we pray, aren't we? And every time we come before Him. And today we just ask Him to forgive us our sins, the wrong things we do, the wrong attitudes we hold, the wrong desires we have in our heart. We ask Him to forgive us of those things. And then we placed in our prayers a condition upon ourselves as we forgive those who trespass or who sin or who do us wrong against us. Jesus goes on to state it later, and we, in, in the sixth chapter of, of Matthew, on the 15th verse, but if you forgive not men their trespasses. Now listen to this church. You know, I'm going to tell you something. If, if churches took serious this teaching, they would never say ugly things to or about each other, would they? Because every ugly thought or every ugly word or every ungracious thing that comes from your mouth about someone else or some situation is a mark that you have not made peace and forgiven that situation, that person, that group. Now we're talking serious business today, folks. What is more serious than having your sins forgiven? Where would you be if God in his sovereign choice elected not to forgive you your sins? Where would you be? You would be shut out in the outer court where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. I used to tell my children sometimes when I would give them an answer to a question that they figured I couldn't answer. I said, Dad, how, how are you able to do that and know that? And I said, because I know everything. <laughs> and that probably had a good effect on them at times because <laughs> they knew I would know about it. But I don't know everything. Everybody knows that uh, my theology stands in the tradition of Charles Spurgeon, who I always said, like, I am like him, a gentle Calvinist. I know nothing can take away my salvation, but I yet have never come clearly to understand that 
that uh, the full impact of this, how God deals with we believers who don't forgive, and sadly, there are believers in the house of God, maybe some right here today, that are carrying a grudge or a, a bad attitude or an unforgiving spirit towards somebody somewhere in the world, or maybe right here. I simply want to say to you that if that is true in your life, as I've seen it in my own life, are there, there are things that have happened to me that, that have caused me great consternation and bitterness. That's the situation of living life. My dad was a dour old man, godly old man. I said to him one time complaining, oh, that's something that happened to me. That's not fair. He said, silly boy. He often said that to me. Whoever told you that this fallen world was fair? The point being is not how the world treats you, but how you will treat the world. And all of us have been to that place, deeply grieved. I had a church one time just didn't like me. Can you imagine that? <laughs> Ray, can you imagine them not liking me? <laughs> they just didn't like me. And uh, they... Um, they said some awfully hurtful things to me. Last church I served, they, they were having some difficulties when I got there. Something like that's been the story of my ministry, to go into situations where there were some difficulties, some uncertainties, and, uh, and they were struggling with the issue of uh, leaving a denomination, I think, that, you know, it is... It is no longer, you can't even apply the term apostate to it because uh, apostate has to have some significant content of the Christian faith to be apostate and, and that denomination has lost every resemblance I can see. But some didn't want to do that. Some wanted to stay. You know, they got stroked on the head for giving money to the denomination and, and they decided that I'd only been there maybe nine months that they were going to get rid of me, and they sent an anonymous letter, unsigned letter. Let me tell you something about unsigned letters. If, if you get an unsigned letter, know for sure that whoever sent it is a coward. If I've got anything bad to say to you, I'm going to say it to your face and to you alone. But anyway, they put the letter out, and they sent it just to select people that they thought were powerful enough and one of those powerful people gave me a copy, so that Saturday I had copies of that letter printed for enough for everybody, and I passed it out to the whole church, and I said, now some people feel this way about it. Not all of you heard about it, but I, want, I think in the church of God, everybody ought to know it. But I can say with a pure heart, I knew who those people were, and that I loved them, and I forgave them, and I cared for them in their troubles as passionately as I could. But that's not because Gerald Sanders is a good guy. Don't ever get that in your head because he's not. It happened because of God's grace working in me. You see, there is no thing of Christ that we can ever attain by our power, we do it through his. And, and, a, and, a, and as Spurgeon would say, and as I would say, as John Calvin would say, 
Everything we do that is right and true is of the glory of God and not of us. But we covered that on humility, didn't we? If you hold in your heart any matter against anyone in an unloving way, you are living in sin. You know, we usually apply that just to what people do when they're naked. But, but, but you are living in sin. And it will have a detrimental effect upon you. You know, when there's a split in churches, those happen. There's a little church on the mountain where I grew up that split about eight times. Always over something ridiculous. But when those divisions occur and Satan enters in and causes you to have created in you a dislike for the person on the other side. Even though that person on the other side may be in the wrong, understand me? But if it creates within you a spirit of animosity, of harshness, of unkindness, and of loving... I'm going to tell you that spirit was not created by him who died on the cross crying out, Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. That spirit of unforgiveness is from the prince of darkness and it is always from the prince of darkness. And if we want to be right with God, if we want to be with a pure heart to be able to rejoice in his mercy then we must be merciful. Many of you have heard me talk about that great saint of which I was privileged to be used of God to share with him the gospel, Steve Vargo. There were those that thought that man was an abomination. That man insulted me every time I brought up the name of Jesus with him. He demeaned me in front of others. And by the grace of God, I spoke back not ever once in his life a word of unkindness. Because I was passionately praying for his salvation. And as I had been forgiven the wrongs done to me, I must, in Christ, forgive the wrongs he was doing to me. And yet I tell you this. When God brought that man to Christ... He made a witness that outshines mine. He was a Christian for about five or six years before he died. But he touched so many lives with the gospel. What if, like the righteous Pharisee, I had wrapped my coat around me and said... I condemn you, I show you no mercy, I am through with you. 
Brothers and sisters, as believers, we live in a world that will mistreat us. Even in the church, we get mistreated. We live in a world when, when people will sin against us. And you know, even in marriage, sometimes we sin against one another, don't we? My brother Ronnie remarked, I look a lot like my daddy. He says, you're kind of grouchy like him, too. <laughs> I mean, that's a fault of mine. I admit it, and I need to overcome it. But our way is not to be the way of the world. Our way is not the world's way. The world shows no mercy. It only shows mercy to people that have more power than that particular person. It doesn't show mercy. People walk around with resentments towards people because they've been offended. People walk around looking for a way, however they can, to needle or stick it to the person, maybe you. They don't like. And they keep a mark of any little wrong that they do. Their chance to get ahead. Their chance to have their hurt feelings slaked by hurting other people's feelings. And all that does is create sorrow in a life. Do you know that? People who are bitter are people who are unforgiving. Did you know that? Any bitterness in your heart, the only thing that will heal it for sure is praying for the person towards whom you are bitter. Asking God to bless them. Asking God to see the light. And asking God for a work a miracle in your heart that you truly love that person. That's Jesus' key with dealing it. We're going to look at it extensively a little later on in the year. If, we, if I live. If I don't, some other preacher will preach to you whatever he wants to. But, 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 the, but Jesus said that... Uh, that um, you know, in, in forgiving and showing mercy, we experience it. Jesus said the key to overcoming any hardness in our heart is to pray for that person or for that group that caused that hardness. And you know what? I can testify. I can testify that in praying for those who abuse us or misuse us or maybe misrepresent us, it may be because they misunderstand us, or it may be malicious, you never know. But I can testify that in praying for those people and in praying for those that have done wrong, that God may not change them, my dear friends, but I promise you he will change you. He will transform your attitude towards them from one of maliciousness to compassion. 
Now, ladies and gentlemen, when the church of Jesus Christ in America gets its heart right in terms of truly patterning our life, living our life for the glory of Christ and turning aside from the world and its wickedness, and I'm talking about being a people that forgive who, and people who li are living today in the world that don't know forgiveness from people who truly forgive, the world will see it, and the brokenhearted that want things to be better will flock to it. But the problem is today that so many believers in their personal habits inwardly and outwardly are indistinguishable from the world. And one of the ways is, I'm afraid, that, that the world often looks at the churches and sees the bitterness and unforgiven spirit that's in it. And it's in the lives of its people. Get this through your head forever. The way of Christ. Now listen to me. The way of Christ is always opposite to the way of the world. The way of Christ is a way of forgiveness and mercy and love. Peter came up to Jesus in the 18th chapter of Matthew and said, uh, how many times, my, my brother's done me wrong, how many times should I forgive him? Seven? And Jesus said, no, 70 times seven. But what Jesus was really saying is, don't number the times you forgive. Continue to forgive. And you know what? Let me tell you, every believer in this room is someday going to stand before the awesome judgment seat of God. And we are going to be, we may pretend in this world that we've lived with forgiving hearts. But before that awesome judgment throne of God, there'll be no plea bargains and there'll be no deception. There will be no undisclosed evidence. And God will say to us, Gerald, did you forgive that man that did all those wicked things that tried to undermine your ministry and lied about you? He's not going to be talking about that, what that man did to me. He's going to be talking about what I did to that man. Can you get that? We ought to be concerned in our heart any time when there is a lack of mercy. More concerned about that than the wrong that might have been done to us. For my brothers and sisters, how does the Savior deal with us? Sad thing is that when we come to Christ and believe, we, we still are plagued by the world, aren't we? I sure am. And if you tell me you're not, you're a liar. And I come to my Savior, and I say, oh, Lord, I have sinned. Have mercy on me and forgive me. 
And never once have I left that prayer closet and not know that I was forgiven. And you know the remarkable thing? Do you, do you know that all of us have sins we don't even know we have? Did you know that? All of us have sins we do not even know that we have. In courses of time, God often reveals those to us when he's ready to deal with them. But we have that. And yet, when I confess my sins, I walk away even forgiven of those But he puts to me the forgiven, the call and the responsibility to also forgive. Dearest friends, it is a blessed experience to walk in the world not holding anyone's sin against them. When we do that, we always put up barriers with people, don't we? We build walls to keep them out but of our life, but what we're actually doing is building a wall to keep the fullness of Christ out of our own life. Plain and simple, Jesus is telling us, that if we would desire the full blessing of having mercy, we ourselves must be merciful. Blessed is the man, blessed is the woman, blessed is the boy or girl whose life is so filled with the mercy of God towards their own sin that they show that same mercy to those that sin against them. If God, through prayer and the grace of his Holy Spirit, has led you and is leading you to that place, your joy is growing. If not, your joy is being diminished. The only other place I can think of in Scripture, and there may be others, where we're admonished with conditional statement, and that is that when we are told that if we are ashamed of Christ in this sinful generation of that person, the Son of Man, will be ashamed when he comes in glory. Can't think of another. Don't you think we ought to take it seriously? The call to be merciful to all and in all. I want to close with a quick story. We were watching a movie here. We saw half of it, and we never have got around to seeing the rest of it. It's called The Hiding Place. Some of you may have seen it. It's the story of Corrie ten Boom, a, fam a member of family hiding Jews in the Netherlands and were turned in by... A, 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 a person who wanted to gain favor with the Nazis and they were sent off to a concentration camp and, and in the concentration camp all the family died except her but she was with her one sister and, 
And her one sister was being abused by this guard and beaten. And, and uh, the sister said to Corey, said, as anger and rose in her, says, Corey, do not hate. Do not hate. Forgive. That would be a horrible thing to suffer. We've, we think some of these little things we suffer, they're minute compared to things like that. Some years later, Corey came to, came to Christ, really came to him, became an evangelist. She entitled her biography, A Tramp for the Lord. She never owned anything, just a suitcase and stuff, and she traveled around sharing the gospel. She ran into a man in Belgium. And that man was about her age. They were both, both older by then. This was just probably in the 1980s. And he came up and he said, Mrs. Corey, you do not remember me, but I have desired to ask you to forgive me. I have become a Christian. And I was one of the men that beat you and your sister. Would you forgive me? And she said, in that moment, I, 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 I stood in the presence of the Lord. And, and in my soul, there was a struggle to, to not forgive this man. And that would be perfectly understandable, wouldn't it? But she said, I, I was at that moment... Revealed to me by the Holy Spirit that unless I could forgive this man, I could not stand in the right place. And she forgave him. And more than that, they became brother and sister in Christ in the days following. How sad that people or minuscule insults and injuries will allow in their heart an unloving, unforgiving spirit. You may not have ever known better than that until today, but today you know better than that. You know that if you are going to walk with Jesus and be filled with him, if you're going to experience the depth of his grace and mercy, then you've got to extend that to those who have sinned against you otherwise if you're not willing to do that don't ever pray the Lord's prayer again forgive us our trespasses as we as we forgive those that trespass against us. That is the Christian way. Amen.